Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue our journey through the book of Micah today. And we are in Micah chapter 5 and we're going to go ahead and just dive right in with verse 1. Mobilize, marshal your troops. The enemy is laying siege to Jerusalem. They will strike Israel's leader in the face with a rod. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distance past will come from you on my behalf. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in later labor gives birth. Then at just at sorry, then at last his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land. And he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed, for he will be highly honored around the world, and he will be the source of peace. We're going to pause there. <laughs> so these these verses are very, they, they are actually looking at the current situation of Jerusalem, as well as the coming of our Messiah when he was born in Bethlehem, as well as his return in the Messianic kingdom. All three timelines are meshed into these four and a half verses. And Micah looks ahead to the Babylon siege of Jerusalem when Babylon comes in and takes over Jerusalem. And King Zedekiah and his officers are going to see their situation as hopeless, are going to try to escape. And then the Babylonians catch up with them. And then in verse 2, we move on to Bethlehem, where it's referring to our Messiah, Jesus, when he is born and he is our Savior. He redeems, he restores, and he will lead us. He will guide us and he will bring us out of sin and into his eternity with him. And it's interesting that so Bethlehem is is <laughs> Jacob's wife, Rachel. Remember, she died near Bethlehem when she gave birth to Benjamin and and she was buried nearby. And it talks about the women in labor. And we know that's that has a lot of different significance when we read that in scripture. And in her pain, Rachel named her son Ben-Ani, which means son of my sorrow. But Jacob quickly renamed him, calling him Benjamin, son of my right hand. And in Jesus coming, he comes to earth. He was born in Bethlehem and he suffered. And he also was raised on the third day in the glory of God. And it was the cross and the throne of the father's right hand all in in, in one event when he died and he sacrificed himself for us so we could have life eternally with him. And Ruth and Naomi came to Bethlehem, and that's where Boaz fell in love with Ruth and Ruth and married her. And Ruth is an ancestor of Jesus, our Messiah. And David was Bethlehem's greatest son. And it was through David's family that Jesus, our Messiah, Yeshua, actually comes forth through his line. And through this prophecy, Micah reveals so many important facts about our Messiah. He is eternal. He is forever. He came to earth fully God and fully human. He put on human humanity for us. He humbled himself as a servant, a living, live servant who 
served by giving himself for us. And he stepped out of eternity into human history. And he was sent by God to die for the sins of the world because God sent us a rescue. He could not bear to see us lost in our sin for all eternity. And he is also 100% man. He was born a human child on earth. And he chose to be born in a humble stable in Bethlehem. And the day would come when he'd be glorified and take his throne in heaven. And he's going to return and he's going to rule over us. He's going to return and he's going to, he's, it's going to be glorious. His kingdom will be established. And before he can stand as a shepherd and care for his flock, his own people had to reject him. They had to crucify him so that he could be rose from the grave. Between the cross and the kingdom age, Israel is going to be given up until the time when Jesus returns. And then the nation is going to be born back into, into the kingdom of God. God is not done with Israel and he's not done with any single one of us. God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of our lives. And when we choose Jesus, we are grafted into his kingdom and part of his eternal nation. and. Jesus is going to reign and rule until the ends of the earth. And he, he, he threw out the ends of the earth. Eternity is forever. It does not end. And he's going to bring peace to all nations. And Christ, he, Jesus, he, he gives us peace to him by through him today through the holy spirit we have peace even in difficult situations i was just sharing with one of my my close friends um some of the difficult things that we're walking through and even in those difficult situations god has brought peace we have peace that doesn't make sense in the situations that we're facing and whenever a prophet foretold the future it was to to let them know of what's coming in their present and Bible prophecy is, it came forth. It, just as all of these prophets mourned, it came forth. And Jerusalem was taken over by the Babylonians. They were brought into exile for 70 years. And then they were released by Cyrus, who was chosen by God for that purpose. So they could be released to restore and rebuild Jerusalem as well as the temple. And as he continued to view the distant scene, Micah announced that that Israel's future enemies would be defeated and the Jewish remnant would be blessed and the nation would be purged of its sins for eternity. And there's going to be eternal peace. God's kingdom is forever and it's going to be peaceful and joyful and beautiful. And I'm, it's just so, I can't comprehend it with my brain, but it's amazing. So with that, we'll continue in verse five. When the Assyrians invade our land and break through our defenses, we will appoint seven rulers to watch over us, eight princes to lead us. They will rule Assyria with drawn swords and enter the gates of the land of Nimrod. He will rescue us from the Assyrians when they pour over the borders to invade our land. Then the remnant left in Israel will take their place among the nations. They will be like dew sent by the Lord or like rain falling on the grass, which no one can hold back and no one can restrain. The remnant left in Israel will take their place among the nations. They will be like a lion among the animals of the forest, like a strong young lion among flocks of sheep and goats, pouncing and tearing as they go, with no rescuer in sight. The people of Israel will stand up to their foes, and all of their enemies will be wiped out. In that day, says the Lord, I will slaughter your horses and destroy your chariots. I will tear down your walls and demolish your defenses. 
I will put an end to all witchcraft, and there will be no more fortune tellers. I will destroy all your idols and sacred pillars, so you will never again worship the work of your own hands. I will abolish your idol shrines with their Asherah poles and destroy your pagan cities. I will pour my vengeance on all the nations that refuse to obey me. So any nation that is not being led under the obedience of God is going to face judgment for not choosing God and turning their back on God. So now he 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 continues forward as the Assyrian and the Assyrian army comes and the Assyrian is another way of saying the enemy that the enemy comes in in here he's referring to Israel's enemies in the last days when all the nations join together and rise against Israel. And that is, yeah, there's a lot going on in Israel right now, y'all. And when the enemy attacks in those last days, God will rise up leaders to face the enemy, just as he had raised up the judges and heroes like David. And God is the deliverer, and he will enable Israel to defeat her enemies and rule over their lands and the Jewish remnant of the last days will experience great help from the Lord as they face their enemies just like in the days when God saved and held the faithful remnant secure the faithful remnant who choose Jesus for their lives will be held secure in the all the way through to the end forever and then after the end comes eternity with Christ and Micah used two similes to illustrate the blessing, the, the dew from heaven and the conquering strength of the lion. And God will enable his people to overcome like lions and then bring fruitfulness to the world like the dew that watered Israel's crops and like the manna that came and settled on the dew from heaven and fed God's people. Israel will triumph over her enemies through the power of the Lord. He gives us power and in Micah's day, both Israel and Judah were guilty of sins that violated God's law and broke God's heart. He he cried over their sins, and he was he complete, he repeatedly. We've gone through so many of these prophets, and they bring the same message that judgment is coming. And he com- continually warns people and tells people to turn from sins and and repent and turn to God and throw away all the false idols and the sins that they're partaking in. And they refuse. And in the last days, Israel will return to her land in unbelief and practice these sins. The same sins have been going on through generation after generation. We we struggle with the same sins. But God is going to re- remove the sins. There's going to be a cleansing. There's going to be a preparation for a new land and a new kingdom that is under the ruling of God and no one else. And they will see our Messiah, Yeshua, and they will trust in him and they will repent and they will receive salvation. And when we repent and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and apply his blood to our life, we are held in his arms under his wings for all eternity. We are safe in his wings, in his arms, in the cloak of his robe. We are safe and God is going to destroy all the military defenses and the things that that. Israel and many of us put our trust in instead of God, and he's going to end demonic powers. He's going to end idolatry. He's going to take it all and just wipe it away. It will be gone. And Israel, as long, along with several other people, all kinds of people, 
across the world will see God and, and seek God and trust in God and repent and humble themselves before God and be saved for eternity. And this is all part of the coming tribulation periods. And God has not set his people aside. He has not forgotten us. He is not, he is not, he is with us. He has a plan. Even when things look crazy and hard, and even when life is just absurd and makes no sense, we can trust in our almighty God. He has us and we can trust him for his protection, his guidance, and his lead. And there is going to be a remnant of Christ followers who stand firm in faith, refuse to unwaver. And one day God is going to gather all of them together and and there's going to be a revelation of himself and he's going to renew a whole new world. Restoration, completion is coming under the authority of God. And the prophets saw that day and they tried to convey these messages to the people of their day, but they refused to listen. And today we, we excitedly wait for Jesus's return and for him to gather us to himself. We know that day is coming and we Know that he is coming to establish his kingdom forever and ever, for all eternity. And we wait for that in anticipation. And we live each and every moment of every breath of our lives as if he's coming back in 10 seconds. We don't know. We don't have a time period. Only God knows. He could come back in 10 seconds or he could come back in a thousand years. We do not know. It is not our place to know. It is our place to trust God with all our guts, follow his lead, and live like he is coming back in the next 10 seconds and know that nothing matters except for God. He will take care of us. He will provide. He will give us provision. He will lead us. He will guide us, and he will lead us right into the goodness of his kingdom. And we are his for all eternity. We just have to trust him, hang on tight and cling to him with all of our guts and know that he has us no matter what he has us. Thanks y'all. I hope you're having a most blessed day in the Lord.